Friends, today we hear this uh, striking passage of Jesus' healing of the leper. And it's always paired with this first reading from Leviticus, which tells us kind of in great detail what the kind of isolation that a leper went through in Jesus' time. And so there's just a couple thoughts that came to my mind this week about uh, these two readings. The first is that it strikes me that the whole movement of salvation history, the whole movement of God reaching out to humanity keeps growing in its inclusiveness as we go throughout the Bible, throughout God's revelation. That if you look at the covenants, the various covenants that God makes with human beings, each one gets progressively bigger in scope in terms of who it reaches. So you go from Adam and Eve to Noah to the covenant with Abraham and then with Moses and then the covenant with David and then the new covenant as prophesied by Jeremiah and then finally culminating in Jesus. Each of the covenants grows in its scope, in its universality. It's kind of like God had to start small, right? He had to kind of build up a stable foundation of trust because a covenant's based on trust, based on I find you trustworthy and I can rely upon you. And so God starts with this sort of stable base of a small group, but each covenant, God expands who is a part of that family explicitly, who belongs. So each of those covenants from Adam and Eve through Jesus grow. And then we get to Jesus and St. Paul and the whole world is included as being part of the community of faith. And so the whole logic of Jesus' ministry, the whole trajectory and movement of Jesus' ministry is to bring people into the fold, into the community of faith. The second thing sort of follows from that, which is then our call as Christian people is to always bring people that are on the outside into the fold. The leper was really ostracized. In fact, we heard in the first reading they had to dwell separately, right? And we can't hear this first reading anymore without thinking of COVID, right? It's incredibly striking, right? They have to yell, the leper has to yell out unclean, unclean to warn people around them that they could possibly communicate the disease to them. Right? This is like the early form of contact tracing or something. Right? It's like, unclean, unclean, just be aware that you could get this from me. Right? They're isolated. They're closed off. Right? Because the ancient peoples didn't know much about the interior processes of the body. They didn't know much about viruses and bacteria. So the diseases that were visible, like skin diseases, were the most stigmatized, because you could see it. You could see it, and you could see that you could become contagious by being in contact with this person. And so the skin diseases were the most stigmatized in the ancient world, precisely because they were visible to the eye. But the leper was totally cut off from community. And so I think part of the reason this man wants to be healed is not just the pain of the physical healing, the pain of the physical suffering that leprosy brings about, 
but also like, I just want to be a part of this community. I don't want to be isolated and alienated from everyone else all the time. I don't want to be constantly the outsider, stigmatized and marginalized on the outside looking in. I don't always want to be on the outside looking in. Certainly we know this year that the incredible, I think, collateral damage of, of spiritual and emotional isolation that has been brought about by what we've gone through. People feeling like they're not a part of anything. They're not a part of a community anymore. Right? And the great damage that that can do. Sometimes we feel that isolation more than we feel physical suffering. I remember talking to a woman once who had both a chronic physical ailment that was significantly debilitating, but also suffered from severe depression. And I remember asking her, which one, if, if God could take one, which one would it be? She said, I would have God take the depression, not the physical ailment. I can deal with that, it's painful. There's nothing like the feeling of depression or isolation or alienation. And so this leper just wants to feel like a part of the community. They just want to be assimilated. They just want to, he just wants to belong. So one of our missions, of course, is not just in the community of faith, but in all the various communities that we walk in, right? To make sure, right, that we can let go of some of those stigmas, that we can see the person who appears to be other and include them in. And listen, that doesn't mean there's not difficulties there, there's not roadblocks, there aren't reasonable things that are difficult about that. I mean, I worked for four years, as you know, in prison ministry, and one of the most difficult things is a guy gets out and he, he's somewhat, he thinks he's rehabilitated, but then he runs into like a mountain climb of roadblocks to re-enter society, to re-assimilate. And some of those are legitimate. Some of those are reasonable, right? Or when we recently did this poverty immersion dealing with the homeless, for the homeless person to get a job or to get a residence, there's, it's such an uphill climb to get assimilated back into right, the normal course of things. And again, some of those might be reasonable and so on. But the point is mainly that we don't see them predominantly as other. That I don't look at you predominantly and say, you're other, you're unclean, you're different than me, and therefore don't belong in this community. I know a real temptation this year for a lot of people that have shared this with me, that they've had to really work hard to not see other people as just walking carriers of a contagious virus. Like that that's the first thing you see when you see a person. They could be spreading the virus. And like the difficult task of that, like, like that's not how I want to see you. It's not how I want to see a human being, right? That's, that's present. But that's not the primary. I don't want to see you as primarily unclean, potentially unclean. And that's true, of course, not just for physical things. That's true in terms of how we approach those who are outside the bounds of our given communities who are other, who are separate, who are isolated and alienated. And so part of the work of being a sharer in Jesus' mission is that we're called to break down some of those 
barriers of separation. First, in our minds, that when I look at you, I don't first say other, different, separate. That I first say, I want you apart. I want you to belong. Yeah, there's going to be roadblocks and there's going to be difficulties to assimilation and reentry and bringing people into communities, obviously. But the first thing we can do is shift the way we see right, the other. I think we lose how scandalous what Jesus did in the gospel today is. Because leprosy is not a big thing for us. We don't, right, leper colonies are, are just not that common anymore. Thank God through the medicine, right? But like, I think we, we forget how scandalous him touching this leper would have been in that context. They would have been shocked. Like, what is he doing? This person does not belong. We have to recover some of that. There are certainly substitutes for lepers in our own day. Individuals and groups that we consider other. Right? Definitely replacements in our own minds for the lepers of ancient times. And so our call is to move beyond seeing them in that way. The final thing is, I'm always struck in Jesus' healing miracles that he often gives like instructions afterwards. And somewhat detailed sometimes. And the way I want to see that is like the work of including someone in a community or healing is not the end. Like, like, like patting yourself on the back because I invited someone into our group that was an outsider. And then I pat myself on the back because I've included one person, but then I never talk to him again. Right? It's kind of like, yeah, I feel good. I've included an other into my community, but then I kind of leave them to figure out the assimilation and the re-entry on their own. But it's interesting that Jesus almost always, when he heals, gives instructions, gives them a path forward, gives them something to work on, accompanies them on that path of healing or that path of assimilation or that path of belonging. He doesn't just say, you're healed, you're done, you're now in. Oh, you're in the community. Now it's over. My attention to you is over. No, he usually gives specific instructions. Some of it usually involves, don't tell everyone about this, which that's Jesus as, uh, there's a, maybe a lot of reasons for that, but I see that as Jesus as master reverse psychologist. Right? Like, hey, this is a secret. Don't tell anyone. Right? And then we're a blabbermouth about it all to everybody. Right? So Jesus is always like, don't tell anybody about this healing. And they inevitably just go and tell the whole world. And that's Jesus as master reverse psychologist. So it usually involves something like that. But then in this case, he says, go to the priests. Right? Show them. Right? There's some follow-up. And this brings me kind of to a principle that I try to live by, not, not perfectly and maybe not even that well. But it's like, if I'm going to correct someone... I've got to be pretty committed that I'm going to do what it takes to help them to grow. Or I'm going to be willing to accompany them. If I'm going to invite someone into a community that I'm a part of, then I have to be committed. I have to be willing to do whatever it takes to help them assimilate. And I have to be able to commit to do whatever it takes to help them to feel like they belong in this community. Not just the initial invitation. 
but actually that I walk with them through the difficult period of entering and being part of a community that you weren't, that you were an other in relation to prior. That we have to help accompany people as they join a community of which they were previously an other. We can't just invite and then let people figure it out. We've got to be willing to do the hard, messy work of assimilation. Right? That was the hard task of, of, of guys that would leave the prison and join the parish. And it's like, I find myself helping them find jobs and helping them, you know, get into a school, right? And I'm like, at, at times I was like, well, this feels not that priestly or like, I didn't go to school to do this uh, exactly. But right, that's, but that's the part of the healing, right? That's an extension of helping someone to assimilate or re-enter a society for which they feel uh, like an outsider. So friends, the good news of the gospel today is that Jesus always desires to heal us. The leper has incredible faith when he approaches Jesus. He says, if you want to heal me, heal me, which is incredible faith. Right? It's not like, I need you to heal me. Do it, like on my terms. He poses it to Jesus. If you want to heal me, heal me. Beautiful prayer, right? He defers to God's will, right? Not his own. But of course, Jesus, I think, always responds to that question with yes. But it's not a one-time thing. It's a process involved in our own healing, and it's a process when we invite others into the community of faith or to any of the communities we belong. It's a process of helping them to assimilate to helping them belong. So let's strive to extend that healing ministry of Jesus uh, in our own lives and in our own communities.